Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we are talking about how opportunities for young people to serve and lead are key to healthy youth ministry. We have been discussing seven practices of healthy youth ministry that have come out of scripture, research, and practical youth ministry tips. We have talked about parents who are actively engaged in the life of the church and in the spiritual life of their children. We've also discussed other supportive adults who invest in young people. Warmth, challenge, and grace was the first environmental factor we discussed, with now opportunities to serve and lead as the second environmental factor that helped keep young people connected to the church. We saw this come out of some of our research, but in other research as well. In our research, we saw this uh, indicated by 94% of the millennials that we surveyed, even those who had disconnected from the church, said it was important for the congregation to be involved in community service, which tells us a little bit about this generation and the way that they're looking at the church to be connected um, as an expression of their faith in Jesus Christ. But we also saw retaining factors that we uh, found when there were young leaders who were under 30. In particular, we just saw a a real strengthening of overall retention, retention in the home congregation, retention through high school, all of these different markers that happened when you had a young leader in uh, load-bearing leadership under the age of 30. Juliana, why do you think these opportunities are key for young people to make that connection, for them to see that life in the church? I think in both service and leadership, uh, young people bring a level of, of vitality and energy and passion uh, to a congregation. They're able to ask really good questions mm-hmm. and try new things and keep um, maybe more experienced leaders on their toes and thinking and, and engaging in those ways. Uh, we definitely can see that they are setting a good example, becoming role models for younger people in the church so that when we're through with grade school and confirmation junior high, we're into high school, We go, okay, that's what it looks like to be an active adult member of the congregation. That There isn't this gap where there isn't anything for you to do until you're you're much older. Uh, And also I think that that young leaders in particular have an ability to then help make good decisions and decisions on resources and decisions on goals that help a congregation reach out and, and, and reach their peers with the gospel. I don't know, thoughts that you had on why young leaders and service might be important. Yeah, I think so much that you touched on. I think it is that opportunity to see that um, as they start to consider themselves getting a few years older, that they see that there's a place for them in the church and that at least they're in a home church, if you will, that values young people, youth, um, young leaders in many of those roles. And so that makes an easy connection for them to be able to see, yep, there's a place for me. Now they may very well change and go to another congregation due to college or work or whatever it is, but yet nonetheless, they can see that, oh, the church is a place for me, even maybe in this time of transition, waiting till maybe I start a family or whatever might be settled down with a career, that the church is always there for them and is a place for them to find belonging. 
Did you have opportunities to serve and lead when you were a young person? Absolutely. If you've heard of maybe another podcast, I'm a pastor's kid, so I had many opportunities to serve. Uh, certainly uh, served members of our church if there was needs that arose that came up to be able to help them with a number of things. Served at church itself, as certainly a lot of time was spent at the church building on the premises. I got to serve during worship services, whether maybe it was with music or ushering or just lights and setting up, that type of thing. Um, but we were also a congregation that reached outside the four walls of our church as well. So we got to serve our neighbor uh, collectively as a church in both word and deed. And I'd, I'd say as a probably a youth too, um, our adult leaders that were in our church, they would uh, have us take on leadership, uh, whether it may be for fundraisers or trips or other events. And some of those were serving my peers, serving in youth ministry, but then too, um, you know, probably ways I don't even understand, got to serve uh, people in our service too, or in our church too, with um, around meals or that type of thing as well, to be able to form those relationships. So yeah, great opportunities to serve and lead for sure. Yeah, I think you and I have that in common. You know, my mom's a DCE and so uh, both of us probably came from families that uh, served probably more than the norm. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> uh, had that service be a, a key part of just sort of what happens on a day-to-day and a week-to-week basis and uh, sometimes a little more willing uh, to take on some service roles than others. <laughs> Maybe that was just me. Uh, yeah. Mark's just super willing to serve right, forever. Was right. never complaining about that. Aren't listening. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so we had a lot of uh, service opportunities. Obviously, um, you know, I, I think the question wasn't ever really um, it, whether we would serve, but in what capacity mm-hmm. were we needed. And uh, grew up in a family where it was sort of like, hey, you're always kind of on call. What is it? What does the people in your congregation need? What do the people in your neighborhood need? What do the people in the community need? Uh, and for me, uh, young leaders is a, a particularly key thing for me. That was very formational for me at my DCE. Jim Bradshaw uh, found very nerdy, uh, very out, a little, little bit of an outcast in my. Um, well, that sounds. I was on the margins of my youth group, not a cool kid. Too bad this um, is a podcast, unless we'd have pictures. I know. I wish you could see so good pictures. Um, but asked me to be uh, the class representative on our youth board, and uh, I uh, did not see that as many young mm-hmm. people would be right. as sort of uncool. I was fascinated. I loved it. And so um, from my sixth grade year all the way through my senior year, minus my junior year, I wasn't able to do my junior year, um, I sat through monthly agenda board meetings, um, made helped make financial decisions, looked at calendars, decided dates, made plans. Um, And I had a group of lay adults who sat with me and asked me good questions, engaged me, took me really seriously, even when they probably shouldn't have. (laughs) Um, Let me uh, play a role in making decisions about our youth ministry. Uh, And so then I was really uh, felt like I knew uh, and was formed very well walking into DCE ministry, uh, had a lot of experience by the time I got uh, into actual ministry. So you probably have like the best run meetings when you're a DCE for your youth board. I knew, and, I knew, I knew how to run uh-huh. a meeting. Uh, definitely knew kind of what I liked and what I didn't like <laughs> in all those meetings. And, and truly, like, it was uh, really uh, something that I enjoyed doing um, and did a lot longer than some of the lay leaders did. Sure. I mean, looking back on that, do you think overall, did it take more of a time commitment for those adults around you to invest in getting you connected or... Do you think just your energy and ideas brought more to the table? Does that make sense what I'm asking? I guess yeah. I, I guess I'm saying that as a word of encouragement that I think some people we're so busy that sometimes we, it's easiest for to say like we got to do things do the most efficiently. 
and I don't know, what would be your word of encouragement to someone to say, you got to invest the time, but yet the reward is great? Yeah. So first of all, not every sixth grader is going to be capable or want to, right. I mean, really what sixth grader <laughs> wants to do this. I did. Uh, but for me, the, there was there was definitely a time commitment that they added to and that they committed to when they decided to put young people on, mm-hmm. on, our, on our board. Uh, when they decided to do that, that meant that they had to explain more and take time and and help me. And the longer I did it, the, probably the less time it took for them. But then also the longer I did it, the more challenge they could give me, the more they could push me to help in different ways or in greater ways. And so uh, by the time I was a senior, I was not just helping pick the date for an event, but helping lead the devotional Mm -hmm. in the event or helping uh, make plans for the event. And so uh, the thing they got back from that, hopefully, was as beneficial to the overall ministry as the time they were putting into it. Yeah, I think of, of some of those times I got to serve and I look back on them like all all that, you know, there's probably as a kid I was like, all that I accomplished in doing that service and a little yeah. bit I know that adults are probably going behind me fixing everything I did or something like that. So it may have been right. a little bit more of a time commitment, but yet nonetheless it made a world of difference for me as a young person to be able to engage the community. And I and I think too one thing I look back, you know, and again Certainly something to lift up for our congregations to be thinking about, but I know looking back on my childhood when I had those opportunities to serve, I mean, I remember just being verbally like thanked or acknowledged that I took the time to serve at that young of an age by another adult was huge. I mean, to make me feel welcomed and appreciated as a as a member of the body of Christ in doing that. And again, it's not about because I needed to feel good about myself, but it was something when someone would actually take the time to come out and thank you for doing that that it made me feel a part of a community that they cared enough about me. So, so I think some really neat things that come out of those those service opportunities. Yeah, I definitely think about, you know, for the young people who, for example, in our, our congregation in Chicago who would help with something like Vacation Bible School, mm. we had pretty high expectations. They went to the same training as the mm-hmm, adults. Right. They came to the same meeting before VBS that all the adults did. But we also treated them and, uh, and thanked them and encouraged them just like we did all of our adult volunteers. And that really brought a sense of accomplishment and, and pride yeah. to them that they were a yeah. part of a not just youth on the side, but that they were a part of an overall leadership of our Vacation Bible School. Uh, it's a great stuff, and that service and leadership really can have a resonating effect for those, pe- those young people mm-hmm. further and further down the road. I mean, we're certainly examples of that, right. but there's plenty of other people who are as well. If you listen to our interview with Casey Kigley, he talks about that as well in his, uh, in his life growing up in the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we're going to talk about service and leadership, uh, we're going to talk about a couple of different key things. And that first one is going to be that congregations identify gifts and skills in youth that can be used in service, leadership, and vocation inside and outside of the church. And you can hear that in my story, certainly. Like I said, not every sixth grader would have wanted to to do that. But it for me, that was a very neat opportunity where that DCE identified a gift and a skill within me um, administratively that I still have today that I use today in my in my ministry. Uh, so just a way of identifying for each young person, uh, maybe what was your role when you were serving, like say in vacation Bible school? Uh, yeah, I remember uh, very specifically that I received an award from the teachers one year about being like the most hung on teacher, or teacher aide or something like that, meaning that all the young boys, basically I was how they ran out their energy. So they would hang on me, I would lift them up, whatever it happened to do to where like we, I was just basically kind of like that 
jungle gym for them to play on. And so it was all right. I had my role and loved it and got to know those kids, um, show them Jesus and have a great time too. And certainly it was a great way for me to develop relationships with all those older teachers that were teaching the class. Uh, but I, I definitely remember that specifically. Being able to, and I, I did some, think about it too, I did some acting, I think, for some VBS stuff too, some like teaching roles and stuff like that that got to play out some different characters and stuff. And so that was fun to get me out of my shell, kind of the shy sixth grader who wouldn't probably talk to anyone normally, had a script, so therefore I felt comfortable talking. So I was good, but uh, be able to get out of my shell a little bit. Yeah, so how are some ways that we can identify uh, gifts and skills in our youth? Sure. So one thing we started doing with our Lutheran Youth Fellowship trainings, um, it's a secular tool, but yet very helpful too. We kind of call it like the first article gifts, and that is uh, Strength Finders uh, by Gallup. And so there's uh, different versions of that. And certainly I've done them professionally as an adult, uh, but there are youth versions, student versions that are helpful. Uh, amazing resource um, in terms of helping young people understand how God's gifted them um, and uh, kind of, um, I guess, focusing and gifts that they have. And then really, it's really enjoyable to read through it in terms of like even helps them maybe if they're heading off to college to be thinking about the type of professor you want, maybe that's more of your teaching style, um, even to be thinking about majors or careers, that type of thing. So it can really engage good conversations uh, with parents, with young people, but then also within the church structure too. And so you can see how God gifted us, how those might change over years too. It's something you can do longitudinally, uh, but you'd be able to understand again more deeply how uh God's giftedness and vocation intersect. And so that's one thing that we've really seen as a fruit through our LYF program. Um, and I see using myself in my own life to really understand myself better and how to focus on my strengths. Yeah, we talk about our strength finders all the time yeah. on our team. So uh, I think that's one of those things. Also, just asking them, getting to know them, talking, particularly you're going to hear a lot of that about what part of school do they enjoy most? Mm -hmm. What part of their activities are they enjoying most? Where are they most engaged? Uh, and when you can identify, okay, this these are consistently the kinds of things that, that light that young person up. Uh, I think one of the questions we ask when we're interviewing for Lutheran Young Adult Corps is, what topic could you talk about for mm -hmm. hours and never mm -hmm. stop? Mm -hmm. um, and when you can, okay, that's what is really passionate for that young person. Okay, then how can we use that um, either in an existing uh service opportunity or leadership opportunity or how can we create an opportunity for that young person to utilize that gift and skill great i think one thing too juliana maybe to ask you a little bit is um where do you see the intersect of service and community um i don't know both not only from the research but maybe what you see in the parish or what you see with your participants in young adult corps can you speak a little bit to that yeah service um, is one of those experiences that when uh, is done together in a group that can build and facilitate community. And there's a bunch of, of psychological research around this um, and the idea that um, if, if you have an end goal that you're working towards together with this team, um, and particularly if you have like a service, whether it's within your church or whether it's outside in your community, that doing it together helps to build and form bond relationships. And so when, especially if we're doing this intergenerationally, we have these groups of, of people, young people and older adults who um, work together and serve together, that that can really foster a really depth of community for a congregation that's really powerful. And it also can be a way uh, to engage people into a community. Mm -hmm. So it used to be that uh, a congregation would only do service because they wanted to give the people in their church body an opportunity to live out their faith in Jesus Christ. But more and more we're seeing that young people might not be connected to the church, but they might want to be connected to service. They might want to volunteer in a number of different ways. And so that opportunity to serve can be an open door that helps engage somebody 
in service and then they meet uh, people from your congregation and God can work in and through that. Holy Spirit can work in and through that uh, to help introduce them to faith and to um, who Jesus is and why why we serve. Um, so that service can be kind of that open door into a sense of, of community, um, into the community of Christ. Uh, think about uh we talk about service and leadership. And one of the things we throw in there is this idea of congregations investing in ways for young people to make meaningful contributions, which is sort of leadership, but not leadership. <laughs> so we maybe talk about this in three different ways. Service would be um, anytime they're using their gifts or skills to help out um, in a congregation or in their community. So anytime they're using their gifts and skills for somebody else, then that's a service. Meaningful uh, contributions would be when they're able to give their insights, their thoughts, their, um, their way of thinking, their perspective, their experience to the greater congregation. Uh, and then leadership is when I'm using those gifts and skills in some kind of um, resource directing or goal setting role. So if that makes sense, so just kind of the three ways that we think about it. Uh, so meaningful contributions, uh, how is that uh, something that you have seen uh, congregations use in their congregations. Yeah, I think in a number of ways is that uh, <laughs> some some do it. Uh, I mean, I think in a very formal way. Uh, like I know there are some things, like say, at my congregation here in Missouri, young people under eighteen cannot vote on some things around fiduciary type matters. But there's nothing to say that hey, when we've got a staff position open that we're going to call someone to, whether it's a pastor or a commission minister, that they can be invited into that conversation. And so they can be given input. They can maybe officially sit on the call committee, um, or there can be different times where they can get feedback, get to know the candidates, maybe we're coming in for an interview, whatever it might be, that they're a part of that. Again, giving input into um, a situation, decision to be made by the church. Um, I think there's uh, a lot of other ways too that, uh, uh, we can ask for feedback when it comes to maybe uh, some topics that need to be tackled within the church. What do they see? What what, what do they see from their friends in uh, our communities about how they maybe view the church, view the gospel, and what are some ways to be thinking of into how we communicate that gospel and serve? And so that they've got really a strong connection in their networks and their communities and their schools to be able to give reflection to. And I think, like you said, so much of that is just listening well, asking good questions and listening well in that to give uh, really that input um, and give meaningful contributions. And, and if um, you go the direction of the input that you receive from young people, great. They're obviously going to be, be able to see the fruit of their input. But even when not to be able to communicate back and say, like, hey, these are some of the great ideas we heard. And through whatever prayer or if there was a formal decision-making process, be able to say, this is the direction we went. But, boy, thank you for all this other input that we received as it's something that we're going to be making an official list of or connection to so that when we go back and we remember that input that was given to us. I think it's one of the... Maybe it's a little hard because um, part of what we want to do is we know all of the different aspects that have to go into any kind of important decision. We mm -hmm. understand the bylaws and the mm -hmm. red tape and the like, the fighting control mm -hmm. ramifications. And um, as adult leaders in a congregation, it's easier for us to kind of see all how all those different things. But I think often those things that we look at um, limit our thinking on what we're able or should be doing in our youth ministry. And so... One of the things I tried really hard to do, and I know other uh, youth leaders try and do, is anytime I have an option to give my young people some choices, um, whether that's, okay, we have 
two or three different options for our servant event trip this year. Or, okay, um, we could do this event or we could do this event. Um, how can we get input and meaningful input from our, our youth so that they have some control over what we do? And then when they do come to us with ideas, rather than just saying like, okay, well, but there's 65 reasons why we can't do that, having spending the time having the conversation with mm -hmm. them to say, okay, let's think through how we could do this. Is there a way that we can accomplish um, the thing that you're asking us to do? Um, is there a, a way around maybe my thinking that could actually really be beneficial for everyone? And that practice, even if it doesn't, like you said, even if it doesn't happen, mm -hmm. can be really helpful to them in knowing that they're, they are valued and important within their congregation. Absolutely. A uh, third component that we uh, looked at in terms of opportunities to serve and lead is that congregations provide adults who mentor youth into load-bearing leadership. Um, again, obviously, the key word in that being mentorship. But boy, we could just do, we probably will do separate podcasts just about <laughs> mentorships in terms of um, how you uh, connect young people with mentors in the faith, how uh, you help parents be those mentors, how you help the congregation understand that process. Um, something that even, you know, in our very busy society, kind of maybe displaced society somewhat can be a lost art or lost science even too, in that case, in, in our churches. Uh, but really what we saw some beautiful applications of where older adults or adults uh, made uh, a really intentional effort to connect with young people and bring them into areas of leadership. So sometimes uh, we'll hear from congregations and they'll say, we've got this gap. We've got maybe um, older generations who are willing to serve, have the time, and are in leadership roles. And we truly want young people to step into these roles. And maybe these are very formal things, you know, like treasurer and secretary and all these things. And we hear from them, they don't have time or they don't know how to get connected. And sometimes the, the message to the church may be, okay, well, here's where, again, the younger or the older generation really needs to vacate those offices, but yet their time of leadership and service is not done. And it's actually to then mentor those younger leaders into those roles. And that might be sharing time a little bit. Um, it might be taking a little bit of extra time to really help them understand how these uh, roles are filled. Uh, but yet that's a beautiful thing that can happen in terms of those relationships that get built and the investment made in younger leaders. Um, and also, too, when we think about youth, there may be some youth who are not ready or capable for leadership roles. But, boy, they've got gifts and maybe they've got energy um, and maybe they need some direction or, um, again, just some relationship side that is there. And that's where mentoring can be so important to just walk with young people, to be there for them, to encourage them, to, to be that uh, smiling face at church on Sunday, to be asking them good questions and showing care for them. And so through that relationship, too, that they can start to build that opportunity to mentor them into how they can see their gifts being used in the church, both through service, but then also into leadership. And that investment can be huge in the life of a young person. Yeah, when we're talking about that mentorship, really, we there's a lot of different components to that. Everything from communicating expectations to communicating uh, what resources mm -hmm. are available to them. Uh, that can be uh, something that happens over the long time, or maybe it's just a short um, stint of training. Uh, but it's making sure that you're setting them up for success with other leaders so that you have not just yourself, but other leaders who are engaged in helping walk with them. And then really debriefing through uh, when I am successful, okay, what well, went well, really well there? Uh, and then when I'm maybe not successful mm -hmm. uh, and I fail, okay, what, what happened there and how do we get back up and, and move on? Uh, ministry is not just a, a straight line and, oh, we just hand off this position to somebody else. Uh, we really do have to think through that 
And when we're trying to find those roles, we really want to make sure the roles are something that have some value. Right. Uh, it doesn't work to just put young people into a role. One, just to put them into a role because they're young people, right? Fit them to their gifts and skills. That's what we started out with. Not just because, okay, you have the given being, you know, 25, we're going to put you with a youth group. Maybe you don't like kids maybe mm -hmm. uh, you mm -hmm. would really rather paint a wall uh <laughs> let's put you where your gifts and skills are uh but also that they can make meaningful decisions and direct people and resources so when i'm putting someone into a leadership role i'm not going to just put them on a board to ignore them or not allow them to make uh, meaningful choices um just be there look look nice look young for the, for the picture uh but we're uh, not really going to ask you questions but it really means engaging them in ways that have significance and and give them genuine responsibility yeah i, th I think that that connection piece just sets up that beautiful picture of the family of god and and multi-generational so that, you know, where congregations have that opportunity to do that, to, uh, you know, think through um, who's in your worshiping body, who's in your community there, and how are maybe the diversity of ages, if you will, represented in that leadership or service roles, and how do you intentionally make that invitation for that to happen? Mentoring, um, again, just that general invitation, opportunities made available, listening to maybe ways where maybe a younger generation or a different generation might want to serve or see needs in their community and have that willingness to listen to them. And sometimes too, it may not always be a corporate thing that you do together as a church, but then the lift up maybe where individual members of your church are serving in, in important ways um, and be able to, again, share that as the body of Christ. Yeah. Congregations uh, should also give a youth service and leadership experience with peers, parents, and supportive adults in ministry distinctly created by teens, for teens. Uh, so here, that's a lot of words to say. We want to give you service and leadership roles within uh, particularly that age specific of youth ministry. So just like I served in my youth board, um, we did service work as a youth group. Mm -hmm. um, not every church has a, a huge number of young people, but being able to do that within the context of your peers really does uh, have a different impact in a different place than just an overall congregational role of, of service and leadership. Yeah, I'm always, I love seeing the stories about whether it's in a church or sometimes it's in schools too, to see young people together rally around a cause. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think in some ways, I think whether it's social media and other ways in a very positive way, that's happening more and more. I'm just amazed at kind of like the courage uh, young people have and rallying together and supporting one another. It's really cool to see. And so to see that what, again, people that are going through the same situation they're able to creatively design um, the process, have a goal, and meet it. It's really awesome to see. And we see that both in churches and, I think, in on the public sphere, too. Yeah, when I was in Chicago, we had um, a group of young people in our uh, youth group who we did a leadership training with, and we continue to do that leadership training. Uh, and I told them... Uh, they could they could become leaders anywhere in our congregation that I would help them do that. But uh, most of them very specifically wanted to lead within that youth ministry mm -hmm. uh, because they felt very passionately that they wanted to see a quality youth ministry within mm -hmm. with for their peers. And so uh, they had very strong thoughts and opinions <laughs> that um, we fostered. We tried to engage them and gave them opportunities to run events and to uh, do their own Bible studies, to run our social media, to do all sorts of different pieces of that that they then could could have that ownership of. And for them, it was incredibly powerful for them to do that with their peers and for their peers mm -hmm. um, 
And and there's something very special and unique about that particular opportunity where they get to stretch and develop and learn new skills. Um, and when we think about leadership in general for young people, uh, what kind of reasons do you hear from congregations about why young people um, aren't getting stepped up into maybe service or leadership? Yeah, I think an interesting one is to hear, um, you know, just that young people are so busy and, and overstretched in their schedules and in their time and their energy. Um, and I think sometimes the challenge may be to congregations is to push back on that a little bit. And is that just the first answer that comes? And is there, um, if you scratch the surface a little bit on that, are there ways to make it work? And, and it might be a little bit of defining what that service and leadership looks like to maybe cut down on the requirement. Um, but once maybe they get engaged to start, then they start to see like, oh, this is important to me. I'm going to make time in my schedule. Uh, I'll give up some things here to be a part of this. So I think that's one thing that we hear a lot about is just youth are so busy. And if, if it's not the youth, especially if they're not driving, it's the parents are too busy to get them maybe to a service opportunity as well. How about you? Yeah, I think you hear a little bit of that. We certainly heard in our focus groups some young people who said, uh, we're willing to lead um, and we feel mm. very important like it's our, our job to stand up and lead. But the structures within a congregation are set up in a way that just doesn't allow for that. So often it's um, internal structures that say mm -hmm. like, you have to sign on for three years, um, yeah. which, you know, for some young people, they don't know what they're doing three days from now. So how do we, how do we help them strike that balance um, with, with current, current bylaws? Yeah. I, I was say, I, I feel like one thing that came out of this point and this gets well beyond youth ministry um, and well beyond this podcast, <laughs> but I do think I, I think a, yeah, I do think a fascinating thing that I'm sure is changing and churning in a lot of not just LCMS churches. I think churches across uh, American Christianity is looking at truly what that structure of congregations look like. The pol put another way, the polity of churches um, in terms of what is restricting the next generation maybe from getting into leadership. Um, and how do we have that conversation, whether there's changes that need to be made, whether there's definitions that need to be changed, whether whether it's just better teaching and instruction on how do you get into leadership. And I just, I mean, I get a sense, I think a lot of our churches are hurting for people to step into those roles of service and leadership. So I've, I sense there'll be a really good conversation around that in the next decade within LCMS congregations about, boy, it seems like maybe millennials and next Gen Z are out there and ready to engage. How does that look for the next generation? And that's, uh, again, I think sometimes it sounds maybe silly, but it really is a polity question and issue uh, because there is a structured way in which that's supposed to happen. And sometimes the structure can seem really odd to someone who maybe didn't grow up with, who wasn't on the committee through high school. I, like I know, I know, and all that type of stuff to where, how do I do that when I, <laughs> I, like you said, got these gifts and desire to do it? And how do we make that work within that structure? Well, and I think about you know this stat that says that three fourths of Gen Z wants to own their own business right. someday. They're highly entrepreneurial, and so when I talk to adult leaders about how to engage young leaders, I talk about how do you knock down the walls and kind of give space so that um, young people can run and be successful. And then when I talk to young people, I talk about how can you be patient with the process that is happening yeah. within your congregation. And hopefully there's a place for those two things to meet in the middle where young people can learn that um, sometimes there are limitations and, and we're in this together. And if we're in this together as the body of Christ, then we have to, we have to take time to process those pieces together. Um, and then for adults to say, yeah, oh, this is worthwhile for me to put in the effort to kind of get in there and, and carve out a way for this young person to run far and fast with it, with maybe a new ministry idea. Um, I also think that sometimes uh, our generation um, millennials, 
Xers, I think we're the same way. Z is going to be the same way. Uh, we get into ministry leadership and we ask a lot of questions yeah. and that can feel obnoxious <laughs> um, and challenging and hard uh, for older leaders who have been doing this for 20 right. years. And why are you asking me all this? And uh, and we don't come from necessarily a place of, of we think you've done it wrong, mm-hmm. but if you've done all this hard work, how can we do it better? So we've got to ask some good questions around that well, too. Well, I think just not ask the question. I, th- I think the particular question of why, uh, I think it's one of an interesting one. Like I even think of uh, Nick Saban, Alabama football coach, and they asked him, like, he's been successful for different generations and decades. And they said, how, what has changed for you? And he said, I spend more time answering the question why for current mm-hmm. student yeah. athletes than I ever have because they really are in so many ways are, they have so much information. And so it's like, you got to say why with all these other ideas that bombard them. Why is this important? Or why is this how we do it? And so that was one thing that he even explained here in you know, something like football, which seemed like maybe that should be a little bit more specific. But to say like even there, I can see I've changed my teaching style by I, I answer why a lot more or explain the why a lot more. So as we think about how we can challenge uh, you as a, as a youth leader to, to think about how you um, produce opportunities for young people to lead and serve, uh, think about the youth in your congregation. What kind of skills and gifts do they have? How can you identify some of those gifts and skills uh, that can be used for service and leadership? So how are you uh, looking at the young people around you and helping to dig into where their passions are, where God's gifted them, uh, where God might be using them uh, in their vocation? as baptized children of God and other places that could be transferable to service and leadership in your congregation and in your community. Also be thinking about current leaders in your church who might be good at mentoring a young leader. Maybe that's pastor or maybe a church leader. It might be, again, lay people who have different vocations uh, that could connect well with the young person about where can those relationships start and where can they be fostered um, and to uh, really help a young person point towards future leadership and service in the church. And if you're looking for opportunities for your youth to serve, uh, consider LCMS Servant Events and Lutheran Young Adult Corps. So LCMS Servant Events is a part of what we do in LCMS Youth Ministry. There are between 70 and 90 servant events that are about a week long that happen throughout the year, but mostly in the summer all over the United States. They're amazing events, opportunities for your young people to both serve and lead. Uh, And you can go to our website, um, search all those different opportunities, and then if you have a young person who's 18 to 26 who's passionate about service and leadership, consider Lutheran Young Adult Corps. That's an opportunity for young people uh, to serve in urban areas either 10 weeks in the summer or 10 months through a school year. And again, you can find out more about that on our website. Fantastic. So many great opportunities to serve, certainly locally in your congregation here through LCMS Youth Ministry. So thankful for many of those who have done that. Um, Share the light of Christ in many and various ways. Thanks so much for joining us today. End Goals Podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.